All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. What is going on? Welcome back to the Infinite Fringe. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Hope everybody's doing well. Greetings, blessings. I hope everybody is chilling, taking it easy, and uh, you know, keeping your eyes wide open and your ears wide open. Ladies and gents, we have a very special guest with us here today. First time making him his uh, maiden voyage here on the Infinite Fringe, Mr. Greg McCarran from The Antidote. Ladies and gents, what's going on, Greg? How you doing? Good to, good to uh, have you here on the fringe for the very first time what's up man i'm doing great thank you for having me what's up what's going on with you man what, what what's up with you and and, and your partner jeremy roshka show doing your thing you guys have been doing the antidote for quite some time tell us a little bit about your show yeah so um the antidote started as an idea and um i think we did our first ever program together in september of 2016 and it was 15 years after september 11th and it was centered around um aspects of September 11th in the media as it relates to uh, covering that. And from there, um, we had the idea for the antidote. And basically, the name of the antidote is A-N-T-E-D-O-T-E, -E, as in um, the idea was basically to try to, like, up the ante, raise the stakes of, like, media discourse. That was hence the name antidote. And I think that uh, there are programs that have the name antidote. You don't want to get confused with others. So, like, so antidote, A-N-T-E-D-O-T-E, -E, upping the upping the stakes so to speak and by the at the time like we were wanting to focus on like the quote-unquote alternative media community and like having serious discussions in there and like we like this was during the rise of trump i mean you know trump was not president yet in september 2016 right. like i was somewhat i came very close to voting for trump in <laughs> like i decided at the last minute not to go and i i don't know uh, you know but like but anyway we went on a journey and like we didn't i guess suffice to say like i've completely like i've gone like past a 180 in terms of like you know i never liked the guy like i never trusted the guy but like you know you buy into some of the rhetoric like oh like the way the media hates him and all this and he's against the clintons and the bushes and all so oh he has God. to be doing like something something not so bad right but you know <laughs> later on you know i came to like a heavy dose of reality regarding that but with the rise of trump and everything that was going on like i think in september of 2016 i didn't know just how like what kind of a quest this would be ultimately in terms of like covering the dynamics surrounding like what I see is just massive misinformation, disinformation everywhere you turn in the quote unquote alternative media regarding Trump. And then of course that says nothing about how like the media that's supposed to hate him so much has propped him up and covered for him all this time. Yeah, and man. so, you know, I think our goal and we've altered in some ways, like particularly like the messaging and, we're, and like just in terms of like what we're covering, but I guess we would call ourselves a, um, we're pretty deep politics. Jeremy Roth Puchel likes to use the term radical middle to describe, uh, you know, what we're doing or like politically where we may or may not stand in terms of the antidote. And so at this point, I'm still holding true to that as far as the idea of like just raising the stakes of conversation or whatever you want to, however you want to put it. But lately we've been doing a lot of, uh, deep dives into um, started a, um, a deep core room where we're reading from texts and breaking texts down and um, discussing them. And, and so I guess at this point, like we're just, there's a lot of emphasis on reading in terms of like reading of texts on our programs. And sometimes we'll just do a live, live stream, just uh, long form conversations and discussions on various topics. But, um, you know, you guys can, uh, and now we'll reiterate this at the end, but um, we have our YouTube channel, The Antidote. We also have a Patreon channel, the same Antidote, A-N-T-E-D-O-T-E. -E. So um, that's, the idea was like coming with this idea of like wanting to like 
quote unquote raise the stakes of your media conversation to up the ante, so to speak. So that's a dope, uh, a dope story, right? I, I wasn't aware of it. Very cool. I like that a lot. And for some reason, uh, your path and my path seem to mirror each other a lot. Um, and because uh, it's the same thing for me, I, uh, I mean, I didn't really come too close to voting for Trump, but I considered it for a hot second. You know, <laughs> I was like, you know, maybe, maybe this is the way to go. I'm like, man, you know, and I've said this before, especially when when he brought out all those women that Clinton, that Bill Clinton allegedly raped during the debates. I was like, oh man, this guy might be the real deal. Knowing that uh, I was never a fan of him and and that um, you know, I I I didn't think much of him, but at that point you know, it was Hillary Clinton. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, and it, it's part of a bigger puzzle, right? You know, the the demonization of Hillary Clinton, while she is a horrible human being, as far as I'm concerned. And if you disagree, feel free to tell me. Um, it, it feels like we were set up for something with this, with uh, with in, in with the roots of, uh, you know, uh, with, with with the Pizzagate and, and all this other stuff. And it was all centered around Hillary Clinton. You know, this is before Donald Trump was uh, was president of the United States. And, and some of that, uh, even before he ran, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I think that's where the root of this. I mean, Hillary Clinton has been at, at the root of so many things that we just cannot prove. She's a detestable human being, in my opinion. But is she really like, you know, drinking the blood of babies and all this other stuff that, that, I mean, come on, you can't even prove that if you wanted to, and it's probably, it's highly unlikely. Anyway, tell me something about it. What do you think? I could not agree with you more. And um, that was the, it's, I mean, the whole, the whole bringing the accusers to the uh, debate, sitting them in the front row, that seems to me like it was a, um, that was Cambridge Analytica, deep, dirty tricks uh, operators uh, doing that. I think uh, Steve Bannon talked about it. The, um, this was, just around the time of the whole uh, Access Hollywood tape and all that, and uh, which really, like, honestly helped Trump. I mean, with all the dirt that's out there about Trump, that actually helped him because it just reiterated the idea that there's a massive media conspiracy against him. It really wasn't all that bad, you know. Right. He's just talking about like, oh, you know, like locker room talk or whatever. And obviously, the truth about Trump's much, much worse than than that audio. It seemed to be a kind of a cover running for him, honestly. But. Um, and uh, basically, Steve Bannon said that that was an idea given to him by Aaron Klein, who was the uh, head of the uh, Breitbart uh, Jerusalem branch, who now <laughs> works, who works, I believe, in communications for uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Now he's an American-born, American-born, um, who rose like to some level of uh, prominence. Like his rise was at World Net Daily, writing books about terrorism and uh, you know everything's a Muslim plot basically. And he went to Breitbart. He said he was set up to run the uh, Jerusalem desk at Breitbart when Breitbart uh, set up its uh, offices in Israel. And so that was a whole idea. Like that was the group of people. Like it was that whole clique around uh, Steve Bannon, right at the insiders of the whole Cambridge Analytica uh, Breitbart uh, operation that set that up with the accusers. According to Steve Bannon himself, uh, they set up those accusers to sit in the front row. And it was a dirty trick. So it reminds me, it's like it's straight out of like the tricks of like the cone roger stone type of playbook to exploit right, your right. own your own weaknesses against your enemy and you look at the nature of the 2016 election i absolutely agree with what you said about clinton and all that and like that's why like so many people got behind trump is precisely exactly. because clinton was so detestable i mean the democratic <laughs> right. you know the corrupt democratic establishment we could talk about this the corrupt bipartisan political establishment got us into the mess that led to trump i mean through so many and like that's still a conversation that we still need to have on a large scale but like the stuff that was being put out there everything from oh hillary clinton's having these health fits and she might be dying soon right, right. could be using a body double remember Remember, that was I think that was Mike Cernovich and uh, Jack Posobiec's uh, claim to fame remember, was that uh, Hillary Clinton is dying, right? Yeah. That becomes <laughs> that becomes a uh, Pizzagate and right, um, right. the idea that the Clintons and the Podestas are running a child trafficking ring out of the basement of a pizza parlor, yeah, yeah, which yeah. leads then to the, uh, what, the bigger what became known as Pedogate and right, QAnon. Right. This whole idea of like Trump is the hero who's fighting against all these uh, people who literally, literally worship Satan, who are literally you know, torturing and murdering children. And, um, and, you know, there's, a, there's, there's three full, there's three decades plus of like anti-Clinton um, uh, sentiments that are out there going back to a, 
uh, frequent InfoWars guest in lead up to 2016 election, Larry Nichols. And the, uh, I remember the Clinton, oh, the Clinton Chronicles. Yeah, the Clinton yeah. Chronicles, which was, uh, I believe, was uh, actually um, given out in massive numbers by uh, people like Jerry Falwell and others as far as uh, the mass uh, distribution of it. And so there's this there's been this network in place like against the Clintons. For, and by the way, that's really interesting conversation, like the nature of the Clintons and the potential of them being willing boogeymen for like what Hillary Clinton rightly labeled the vast right wing conspiracy. One of the true, honest things she said in her life is that there was a vast right-wing conspiracy wow. out to get her husband, and she was not wrong about that. I mean, it wow. was, and you just go back to looking at the 90s and that whole generation, but there's some strange bedfellows, like in terms of uh, David Brock of Media Matters, who was really close to the Clintons now, going from being like a hitman, a right-wing hitman against the Clintons and having parties at his townhouse in D.C. with the likes of Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram back in the 90s. So there's, there's some interesting dynamics there. And like the Clinton-Trump relationship on one hand, like very real efforts, like it seems to ensure that like a Hillary Clinton did not get in the White House. But at the same time, like, and this is maybe another conversation for another time, but the dynamics behind like the Trump-Clinton relationship, I think there's more than meets the eye there with like, uh, you know, Trump's and Clinton's themselves being friends for many years and attending each other's weddings and Trump giving Clinton's money. I mean, it's very weird, but I think with the combination of Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush, that the that, that was supposed to be Clinton versus Bush, right? It was supposed to be the continuation of the next, uh, of the same political dynasties. And so Donald Trump to swoop in, like basically look what he did. He basically single-handedly destroyed the Bush family. Uh, he destroyed the Bush political dynasty by the way he handled Jeb Bush during the uh, Republican primary. I mean, Agreed. and like people that bought street cred for Trump. I mean, look, he's exposing the Bushes. He's even <laughs> thinking about he's going to knock kind out who really knocked those towers down. He's blaming Jeb Bush for the Iraq war. Your brother destroyed this country with this war. And then he went after the Clintons. It's not hard to go after these people because the corruption in the history of the scandals is very real, but then it was weaponized, like with the Clintons, like things you can't possibly begin to prove about like, you know, allegations against Hillary Clinton. And even then the dirtying up of the sexual stuff, which Donald Trump himself is very much uh, involved in, like even the uh, the Katie Johnson claims, which got zero traction in the media and um, anything and everything's allowed to be put out there about the Clintons true and untrue. Remember the source, uh, it was, uh, I believe it was uh, Roger Stone who was ensuring people that, oh, Trump had never been affiliated with Jeffrey Epstein. He'd yeah. never been on the flights and all that. Meanwhile, like everybody focused on the flights. And meanwhile, there's this claim by a then 13 year old that a rape took place in a New York townhouse that was, um, I believe, connected to uh, Leslie Wexner with Trump and Epstein. Whether or not it's true, it's like, you know, still like we don't know. But the fact that that never, ever covered in the media, I mean, it's like, and meanwhile, every and any conspiracy possible against the Clintons is just a allowed to thrive and prosper and get all this fanfare i mean it's just so it seems to me that like um the 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 setting was there all along for like a guy like a donald trump to come in and basically take advantage of like the growing anti-establishment um the anger towards the political establishment of both parties and thrive on that and capitalize off of that but at the time like you know i didn't see it it wasn't until after donald trump was actually elected and inaugurated that i really saw this uh operation for what it was but it seems that uh you know you had clinton and bush the dynasties were going to be going at it and with the benefit of hindsight now it's like so obvious that like that just was not going to be doable in 2016 and so you know the republican establishment or the the whole the whole uh mercer cambridge analytica wing tried to that really were the kingmakers in the 2016 election along with some very real foreign interference i mean from from multiple uh foreign entities uh it's not all a hoax is like the people like to say like oh russia is just hoax no it's not it's much bigger than just russia gate though but um that whole, you know, that whole gang tried to throw their weight behind Ted Cruz. They realized that people aren't going to support this guy in mass for presidential. And so finally, like the choice was made, like it's going to be Donald Trump and like Trump versus Clinton. And with the benefit of hindsight, it's very obvious that like uh, that uh, Trump, like that it should have been seen what was going to happen. But I think it took a lot of people, you know, like a lot of people still haven't seen it. But for guys like us, I mean, it probably took us a bit longer than we needed to, to like really understand what was really going on with that. And it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And Clinton, I look at at this point, like she was almost like the designated loser, basically, in terms of like the, so anyway, all right, that was my take on that. Like, like Clinton was almost set up to be like the designated <laughs> loser to a Trump. So. Right. No, man, you're absolutely right. Uh, and um, at the end of the day, right. You, you know, hindsight is 2020. 
I knew something was up with Trump, but I had no idea really what it was, right? Like what the, well, a lot what the of play people, was. A lot of people thought Trump was just the guy who was going, who, they thought Trump was the designated loser. Like he was going to be the, the guy to like, uh, you Take know, the he fall was going, for Hillary. Yes, right. yes, exactly. It was the other way around, I think. I think you're absolutely right. You know, but, but what's really, see, this is, man, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, Whatever, just I'm 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 gonna say this, and and people can just take it for what they want to take it. This is real conspiracy talk going on right now, the real deal, right? Because ultimately, uh, we're trying to get to the root of these things, right? And how we were set up, because I believe we were set up. And you mentioned Cambridge, you mean you mentioned them as the as the king, the kingmakers here. I don't know if you know the answer to this question, and I don't know if anybody does, to be honest, but I'm, I, I am open to your speculations. I want to know, right, what, what you're feeling and what you're thinking. Hillary Clinton has, like you said, the Clintons in general were, even though they, they, they gave a lot of uh, ammunition for people to shoot at them, let's, let's put that there, okay? Let's, uh, they, they are not good people, in my opinion. But, you know, almost far back as the Clinton Chronicles and Larry Nichols, I remember that it was all over the place. And Larry Nichols was on InfoWars all the time. Now, knowing what we know about InfoWars. He's a demon. <laughs> she won't turn her head 180 degrees to say she believes in God. You know, I can't do that. Her and Obama, they they have they reek of the smell of sulfur. <laughs> sulfur. <Alex. laughs> You're absolutely, yo, that was spot on, bro. That was dope. I spoke to Larry Nichols once, you know, he gave his number out on air. Um, and he was like, you know, call me and I'll tell you the truth and all that. You, you do it a lot better. I'm not even going to try. But um, I called him and this was before the fringe. I, I hope he's still alive. God bless him. That I, guy heard was he going passed, I heard he passed away. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I don't wish any ill will on him. I just, right, right, uh, you right. know, it's like he was I, very sick. He was yeah, very sick. Yeah, but I believe he, I've heard he's passed away. I haven't confirmed yeah. it. Yeah, I heard he passed away uh, last summer. Right. I, I'd be surprised, actually, if he was still alive because he was so sick, you know, so God, God bless him, uh, ultimately. But at the end of the day, right, we have to look at how far back this goes and why the Clintons were demonized to the level that they were leading up to this moment, leading up to the 2016 elect election. Right. And uh, and uh, allowing Donald Trump to sweep in. Now, you know, and I know and, and the audience of the fringe knows because I've I've harped on it for how long at this point. Cambridge Analytica gave this dude a script. And by this dude, I mean Donald Trump. They told him exactly what to say. They told him to do the lock her up thing. They already knew how we felt, right? Because of the 5,000 data points on every American that were put out there on social media, right? And, and Cambridge was able to swoop in, take that information and use it, create a script. Um, how, how far do you think this goes? Am I, am I reaching here? You know, because I, I know we can trace it back to Pizzagate. Right. We can go we can go that far, you know, and what happened with the, with the DNC and the hacked emails and all that other stuff. And then Pizza Get Gate came, Pedogate and then QAnon after that. Right. But does it go further back than that or did they just capitalize on that? And if so, why were they so hell bent on demonizing the Clintons as bad as they did? <laughs> all great questions, all great questions. And I have to say, this seems to me that this goes as far as like the roots of what we're seeing play out today and manifest like with with Trump and with what's going on in Europe and what's going on um, globally in some aspects um, is uh, goes back much further than this. And I would say it goes back to um, at least in the, I would say roots for a lot of this goes back to the Cold War era and a combination of the uh, McCarthy era and the rise of things such as the um, you know, John Birch Society and things that came after that, obviously Council for National Policy being set up. And that's where like, that's one of the ultimate failings of like the alternative conspiracy oriented media is that, um, you know, it never covered, like it only covered like, you know, the, the left, like this Council on Formulations and like the, what you know is like the typical globalists and all this. And like, um, you know, uh, Josh, you know, people like Josh Reeves came into the picture with the Secret Right documentary. That's the documentary that would have been made as like a natural follow up to all the stuff Alex Jones did on like um, the the all of his series of right, uh, the police state and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Right. And even that stuff, of course, like I don't know if it weight even holds up with the test of time, that kind of stuff that Alex Jones was putting out in the 2000s. But like regardless of what your feelings are on that, like the. Uh, no, the secret right documentaries and the works of people like our mutual friend John Brisson, the works of uh, Stephen Snyder, aka Recluse, and their history <laughs> of digging into like the history of like the controlled right wing um, 
just movement in general going back at least to the Cold War days and certainly maybe before that, but definitely really escalated in the Cold War era. And it's been going on to this day now and it escalated. And I think it I'm really reached its peak with uh, Donald Trump. Um, this has been going on for decades and decades, but I think that um, in terms of the recent history of this, um, it's hard to pinpoint an exact date, but it seems to me that the um, particularly if I had to pinpoint a particular time and period, like the Mercers and the whole Cambridge Analytica thing kind of became uh, kingmakers in all of this. Um, it seems in the, um, the aftermath of the rise of the original Tea Party. And there's some very interesting stuff with the original Tea Party and some of the forces that may or may not have been at play behind that. Because I look at the Tea Party like increasingly and everything has come since that as basically like an attack on like America as it is like an attack on like and I mean, Jeremy and I have gone into depth more on that on our program, but uh, you see the Mercers come into play like with the, um, you know, say what you want about like controlled paradigms and the new world order and all this and right left paradigm being an illusion, all this and that. But I do think that there's a very real fear of um, the uh, the number of aspects there's changing demographics in this country that people are very concerned about. There's um, there's a push for actual like actual some element of actual like rights and um protections that uh that some people are see as a threat and i think that um, there's a foreign element um that you could see epitomized in countries such as israel countries such as russia under putin that do not like the idea of like a unipolar american-led world order where things are being done like by these uh by this um by these false ultimately maybe false but like this idea of like the illusion of like of human rights and democracy and all this and so there's a lot of factors at play that i think um led to in terms of the the mercers become kingmakers and all this it seems like post 2012 election you know first during the original tea party 2011 or so you have tens of millions of dollars pumped in prior to the 2012 election i believe in 2011 months before andrew breitbart's death actually and i don't know if there's right. anything behind breitbart's death but months before his death there's this infusion of money put into breitbart and then this cambridge analytica operation picks up and it basically carries out like a you know, psych warfare, I think, like, you know, it's been to the levels that we haven't seen before. And that's saying something right. with all of, like, the history of media propaganda through, like, Mockingbird and the infiltration into the media, but nothing to this scale in terms of, like, what was done on a digital level. And so I think to answer this, I'm saying a mouthful here, but um, the roots of this go back a good 60, 70 years, but um, culminating in recent years with, I think, um, there's a there's a long-term domestic play in here to um, transform uh America in terms of like the dictates of organizations such as the Council for National Policy. And then you have this very real foreign element that is not, for, that, you know, you don't want to get into talking about like threats and all this to like America, because then you start to sound like you're some like uh, some neocon or something. That's where a lot of like the Russiagate people like, oh, if you talk about Russia, then you're just a neocon that wants to go to war with Russia. When in reality, there are very real foreign threats that are looking to take advantage of um of our issues. And so you have like this meshing, this coming together. Donald Trump is like this coming together of the long-term domestic elements that have been in play with like the Council for National Policy and the, um, the dynamics that are going on on the right, along with this very real, very hostile foreign element that is represented by the governments of countries such as Russia, such as Israel, and um, their own reasons for like not wanting a liberal American world order for all of the issues and concerns that there are with that and that's precisely what donald trump uh, rose to power off the back of was the corruption of that political establishment for all the ills and flaws of that like this crew does not want things like that and so i mean the clintons become the epitome of this political establishment that these people i think ultimately want to destroy same goes with the bidens and so it's um yeah. That'd be my answer basically is that um in a, in a, i said a mouthful there i hope people were able to keep up with that uh, we can always hit the, the rewind button. We're good, right? <laughs> it's a recorded podcast. But that was fantastic. Are you sure that you and I weren't split at birth at some point? Oh, man, I'd have to check the records. Um, you anywhere near Kansas City, Missouri in 1988? I don't know, man. I was too young to know. <laughs> there you go. I'm 30, <laughs> yeah, I was born in 88 myself. So. Dope, man. Uh, it's, it's very possible that we were split at birth, man. There's a, there's a lot of things that we uh, agree on. Um, and... Um, Ultimately, man, I, I think the culmination of the whole deal was January 6th, man, unfortunately. You know, that's, that's when, uh, when everything, the full mind control, because we were under a spell, we still are. And by 
we, I mean us as well. You know, um, I, I don't think while while we 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 want to see things or we 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 think we see things, we we may not. I'm not I'm not xing myself out of this equation at at any point right now. I, I want to be fully involved, and uh, and uh, and I I want people to know that I am also under a spell here, at least the way I feel. But I mean, damn it. What what it, you couldn't have told it any better? It was like uh, the culmination of of Game of Thrones or the culmination of Lord of the Rings or something. The entire story, right? From uh, even if we go beyond, you know, we, we can have the prequel, right? If we go beyond uh, the DNC uh, hacks and and Pizzagate, right? And and then we can have the culmination on January sixth, and that I think was the crowning moment in in the. With, for the, the the king makers and the queen makers, you know, there was the crowning moment for them because they got to see the they got to see the 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 product of their work, really just how mind controlled people were. This is my opinion. If you have something different, I'm going to throw it to you in a second and feel free to disagree with me. But um, I think through mental manipulation, through mind warfare, fourth generation warfare. I think they were able to get people to think that they were thinking for themselves when they were going into that Capitol building. And I know there's a lot of things that happened that people were let in there. There's a lot of things at play here. There's a lot of layers to the onion, but um, they got so many people there to believe that they were actually going to take back America, that they were going to cause a revolution, you know, on behalf of those who, uh, who, Loved their country, the patriots, right? Every the patriot became a thing. Everybody was a patriot, you know, and uh, and that straight out of Cambridge Analytica too, you know that 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 word when they would set up uh, little patriot meetings and they were all co opted by by Cambridge from the beginning, you know. So, um, what do you think of that? What do you think happened in January sixth? Do you think it was the crowning moment for these people, you know, because you know, in, in all actuality. It showed the the degree of mind control on both sides, on just America in general and around the world, because so many people were so, you know, invested in it. They wanted it. It was like almost a spiritual thing for some people. Um, tell me about it. What do you think? Well, um, you couldn't have not have had an event like, yeah. And as far as it being like a crowning achievement, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd agree with you. And I guess there would be. There's still questions as far as like, you know, our friend, uh, you know, our friend John Brisson, like he believes that like that maybe like there's questions of whether or not like who knew what was going to happen, who was in on some plot or whatnot. But I mean, even moving beyond those questions in terms of, like how much like, you know, left right continuity there was or whatnot. I mean, I guess the question of whether or not be a crowning jewels was this what the coup plotters, what the plotters of this actually wanted to happen, or did they want it to be far worse than it actually was, and it was actually curtailed at some of them? And right. I'm I think there's evidence that points to like this thing could have been and maybe it was intended to be much, much worse than it actually I don't disagree was. With you. And right. so, but uh, you know, taking all of that aside, I mean, there's a lot of planning that clearly went on into the events of the sixth. I mean, Charlie Kirk busing people in. Um, oh, uh, I believe Clarence Thomas's wife was involved in busing people in. All of the people that were pushed. Pushing the the propaganda that the election was stolen, that Biden, that every piece of push propaganda that was pushed out there by the entire like basically right wing uh, media echo chamber machine almost that the election was stolen. We could not have had an event like the sixth. Going back to what you talked about with the prequels, you could not have had an event like January sixth without basically conditioning make under the guise under this idea that you're thinking for yourself, conditioning millions of people to believe that their enemies are literal or literal like spiritual demonic evil walking walking among you and you can and so the the stage was set in that like an event like the sixth could not have happened because you can't just have like regular regular people coming to dc to rally for like support donald trump you know it's not like it's not like your regular it's not even your regular fox news listener it's not even your regular rush limbaugh listener and they may have been in the audience there but it's people who have been radicalized to a level much deeper than that that were in the capital you could not have had i mean look at the girl look at the woman who was unfortunately um who was killed at the capital i mean um, ashley babbitt i mean she was the epitome of this mindset like these people in its as I said, like it goes beyond like just typical bad, problematic, and as much of a core of the root of the problem Fox News is, and Rush, you know, and people like Rush Limbaugh were and are, um, 
know, Rush Limbaugh in the past tense, of course, it was beyond that. And it was this radicalization to a whole nother level. Like you could not have had the events of the sixth, regardless of what was intended to happen or what came out of it. Um, you could not have had that without the radicalizing and the creation of uh, everything that led from uh, Pizzagate on to the rise of the QAnon movement, because it was the people who were there who were fanatical enough, passionate enough to actually go into the Capitol, regardless of if they had an organized plan to create chaos or not. And by the way, there were chaos makers in the crowd that were in there. It's not Antifa or Black Lives Matter, as the media wants to make you think it was. Even the guy Sullivan, who was pointed to as proof of like some uh, Antifa BLM plot to make the Trump supporters look bad, his own brother had significant connections, I believe, to the uh, was it the Proud Boys, right? Right. As far as like interconnecting with each other. But you know, you had infiltration. You had the Proud Boys. You had uh, oath, aspects of the Oath Keepers in there to infiltrate and provocateur the, even the, those who may not have known what they were doing going into the Capitol. But you would not have had like the willing dupes, so to speak, or what maybe what Lenin called the useful idiots if they had not been radicalized by this entire um, operation to such an extreme level. And that is like the ultimately like the events of January 6th regardless of what the intended outcome was to be of that, it would not have happened without, um, it's, this ultimately seems like it was a perfect storm, like something that would be seen as like an inevitable outcome of like the years of propaganda leading up to this culminating with the stolen election narrative and the idea that their guy who was going to be like this would-be savior was being destroyed at all costs by the media and all this and the deep state. And then I'll throw one more thing on, the, on top of this and then I'll give it back to you, is that just after the election, it was interesting because um, there's a level of comfort, even guys like people like you and I have, I think, yeah. as Americans are still we still have like some semblance of prosperity as far as oh, like yeah. we're still for me personally, I can yeah. say I'm still able to live a relatively comfortable life. You know, I still you know, I'm still able to by and large live as I want to. You know, I'm able to do the things I want to do as far as uh, by and large, by and large, you know, I still. And so there's still a level of comfort, even guys like us who are very deeply um, embedded into like this uh, looking at the world from like the way we do. But there's right. still like a level of comfort guys, people like us enjoy. And so for the longest time, like I can never imagine like the it could it can't, you know, you have people say it could never happen here. Right. Like it can't happen here. The stuff you see in other countries. Oh, like that stuff you hear about you know banana republics and in countries that you can't identify on a map right but then like once the once the 2020 election um happened and you started to hear the talk from like the flins of the world from other people QAnon um people prominent like QAnon pushers of like uh of staging like a coup and bringing our president back into power uh the the test drive almost it seemed for like a martial law scenario where you i mean i think it was pie in the sky largely i don't think it's going to happen but like the idea of we're going to we're going to cancel the election. We're going to have the yeah, election yeah. overturned so we can redo the election. We'll have the military watching over the election right, and all this. Right, and we'll, right. re, we'll rightly restore the rightful president back to his uh, to his perch. And so I had to really come – I don't – I mean I don't need to be religious but almost like a come to Jesus moment. Like when yeah, you no, realize absolutely. that the um, – that like – the things that you were worried about, it's like we're not so far away that some of that stuff could happen here. And I mean, it's by and large. And I also think this is another consequence of like the um, the patriot, the, the building of like the narrative of patriots and all this, Billy, is that for all the problems with the, you know, the left, with the Democrats, you know, there's a I mean, we could talk all day about the problems there. But if anything like that is going to happen here, where you're going to actually have like some type of like hypothetically i don't know if it's going to happen or not but like it's on my radar and it was not before um it's never going to happen to where you're going to ever have like military elements basically like retake the country or whatever like the the type of stuff you hear about in other countries like the military related coups and all this or right right serious martial law type of things being instilled it's going to come from the ultra patriots i mean it's going to be like those who present themselves as like the super patriots within the military within um uh, the types of communities that brought us Donald Trump, quite frankly. And so, um, you know, they always tell you, like Alex Jones warned people for 25 years that the, the globalists in the deep state and the left is going to destroy us when like what he was warning about all along. I mean, look at how he changed his tune on right. you know, Mike Adams, changed their tunes on uh, – on uh, on Oliver North and Rex 84 martial law scenarios. Oh, right. they were, you know, Reagan was saving the country from an invasion of uh, communists across the, from South America. And it's like, 
all along, like what Alex was warning about, the worst aspects of what people like Alex Jones warned us about for decades, you know, yeah, there's some of that going on, but it's epitomized in the person that they ultimately, and the movement that they ultimately shilled the hardest for, and that was the people who brought us Donald Trump. So if that scenario happens in the future, I'm convinced it's going to come from people like that, and I had to really alter, like, I had to really come to grips with the fact that the stuff that I never thought could happen here, well, you know, you better buckle up and it can happen here. And I'm not saying it will, but it can happen here. And right. I'll say this one more thing, regardless of what you think about Trump or um, the failure to even have a shred of accountability. And like, I'm very, very concerned because I feel like this, um, the fact that, you know, Trump is still Trump and the, uh, the people behind, like, and I'm not talking about like the idea of, of, um, no, I'm not even talking about the, the idea of like domestic terrorists. Like that's all bullshit. Like this idea that we're going to make like, you know, push for, and that's where the, we could have a conversation about that too. Anytime about like the dangers <laughs> of labeling your fellow citizens, domestic terrorists. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the actual people who made this possible, everything from the Cambridge Analytica mass warfare operation to the, uh, and the rise of the false narratives that came out of that to the stop the steal to January 6th and beyond, there's not even a shred account of accountability for the actual people that are really um, responsible for this. And that really concerns me, Billy, because I feel like um, without even a shred of accountability, it's like how, you know, because this thing is, we've seen it's not going away. I mean, and how is it going to manifest itself next? And that's something that very, very much concerns me. And I don't have the answer to that. And to say that I'm not concerned about it, I would be lying. I'm very concerned about what, what happens from here and the next incarnation of this, because um, it's not going away. It's gone nowhere. It's probably, it's maybe even more powerful than it was with the illusion of uh, mass media censorship from the same tech giants that enabled the problem in the first place that are now acting like they're the you know, the guardians of democracy now when it was your Googles and it was your Facebooks that made all of this possible through the perpetuation of all this propaganda. And so I'm very concerned about what's going, how is this going to come back next time? And I have to think it's going to be worse than it was before. And in large part, it's going to be because there has been not even been a shred of accountability for people who actually made this thing possible. And it's not coming anytime soon, I'm afraid. You know, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said, and I want to go back to a couple of the points uh, that you put out, right? Uh, as far as January 6th being the crowning moment and that they, you know, uh, that they got everything they wanted or, or that was the end game, right? I, I, I don't believe that, right? I, I think you're right by saying that it could have been a lot worse. But when I say it's their crowning moment, I mean that they, they managed to put the people in a frenzy to get that result, even though they probably wanted a lot worse, they still got, you know, a, a result, a tangible one that they can record and build on. You know, they're like, uh, let, let's write this down there. You know, their scientists were probably going nuts uh, uh, figuring out uh, what the hell was going on in, in the minds of people and, and how they made, you know, these people get to that point. You know, so that's what I meant by that. But also, in addition, you mentioned martial law. Right. And, and I remember. Alex Jones talking about hard martial law coming to the U.S., right? And when, when the coronavirus shutdowns happened here in the States, here in New York, man, I thought that was it. That, I thought that was it, you know? And I was like, man, it's going to happen now. Let's get ready because it's going to be full-on martial law. That wasn't what happened. We still got a soft type of martial law, but it wasn't tanks rolling down the street, you know? And, uh, and, uh, you know, the military knocking on, on anybody's door. But what we did get, and you were very astute in pointing this out, is that um, people, uh, mostly on the far right, were openly inviting martial law in order to keep their quote-unquote president in the White House. And I, could, I, I still, to this day, can't make sense of that. You know, uh, uh, no, let's, let's stop the election. Let's redo it under military watch, you know, our military, and, and everything's going to go right this time, and Trump will be president. And so many people subscribed to that. They wanted it. They were like, well, you know, if martial law is going to correct this, then maybe it's something we need to do. I had people tell me that to my face. and I, I couldn't believe it. But it's the priming, like you said, and I think that at the end of that, was there really going to be martial law? 
No, and probably not. But they they did get a good portion of society to willingly accept something that they would normally push back on. And I think that's a part of the successes that they're making that, that they're that they're gaining here, you know, and and uh, they got us at each other's throats. The division is real, you know, and just by pointing out something like this, it'll 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 cause a visceral reaction in people. It, that was also a part of the Cambridge Analytica operation, internalizing, internalizing the um, the support for Donald Trump or the support for the White Hats or the support for whatever you internalize it. So when we criticize it and dissect it, it's as if we're criticizing and dissecting the people that believe it and they take it personally. And that adds more fuel to the fire. Go ahead, buddy. That is such a great point. And that's where a lot of people like, because of the emotional attachment of like the, you know, it's like, I noticed this with, um, I was talking to you about this off the record, the old friend, um, before we started my old friend who, um, used to, uh, who, the conspiracy oriented person who completely went down the QAnon rabbit hole, right, right, right. you know, the stuff about like, because he believed like, you know, that the, the heroes like the white hats were waging war against those who literally want to uh, torment and murder children. Right. And so th- there's something about this to where like on a mass scale, and I'm not saying this has not happened throughout our history. I mean, you go look at the aftermath of September 11th and I shuddered to think of like the, the um the architects of like the september 11th operation and its right. aftermath having the kind of power from the digital scale that um that these people have now and many of the same people by the way a lot of overlap between like those who uh you know guarding september 11th and uh, trump and by the way we did jeremy roth Kishel and i back in 2018 did a five-part series called from 9 11 to 11 9 where you can um hear our thoughts on how we tried to tie together these respective operations that being september 11th 2001 and november 9th 2016 the day after the morning of november 9th 2016 when donald trump was declared the winner of the presidential presidential i I, I don't i don't want to interrupt you but we're we're fleshing that out here i i I saw the series but uh we'll do it here for the people on the fringe Uh, we'll bring you guys on and 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 give it a quick uh a quick uh preview like a trailer to the series and if they want to see the series they can go over and watch it but yeah absolutely we're, we're covering that here if that's okay with you sir go ahead absolutely yeah for sure and so um a lot of a lot of overlapping, but like this is stuff that like the architects of like September 11th and its aftermath, like in terms of like the the power, like I, you know I shudder what they would have done with this type of power in their hands from a from a not just from governmental but like digital and all this and the power of the media that was not there at this time. So I and you know you saw a mass psychological like um, just complete. Um, robotic reaction to the aftermath of September 11th coming together behind the flag and pa- patriotism and freedom and all this and the need to fight the enemy but i don't think we've seen anything to the scale of like the emotional attachment that like of the appeal to emotion of the, the uh, you're literally going to war against like you it's not just simply political rivals anymore you know we're no longer republicans and democrats we're no longer even like um americans with disagreements anymore no you're literally fighting a spiritually demonic enemy and the emotional uh like you lose your ability to think logically when you view your opponents as literally as literal spiritual evil and i think that's happened to so many people and so um what you were saying regarding the um the fact that people had conditioned themselves to accept something like this that they believe that like um that this was the right thing to do and i mean these are people who say for example like people who had been in like the info wars audience for example were so adamant so worried was going to happen under every other administration before trump came into power remember you know um, bush was supposed to bring in the martial law and the fema camps and the new world right. order and all this it was supposed to be obama and it did not happen under them but then like the the narrative and the discourse has shifted to such an extreme direction to where people like my old friend um, are no longer able to think logically because they believe they're at war with literal spiritual evil. And to the point to where when you believe things like that and you believe everything in your enemies are this level of literal evil, um, I, you can be prone to support just about anything. And so when you say like this is like a crown jewel type of event, like I can see that like a crowning moment because, as you said, like it showed that like people in this mindset when they're gathered together are pretty much willing to 
almost do just about anything if they believe it comes in the name of saving themselves. And they're going to embrace everything that they always prior to this opposed in the name of uh, whatever um, justice that they perceive is coming out of it. So I definitely agree with you on that. I don't think people... Um, in these circles, unfortunately, I think they've lost their ability to logically think about things when you're in this emotional frenzy about like your enemies being this level of evil and all this. So, yeah, I think you're right about this being a, a crowning jewel in that regard in terms of like, yeah, this shows that these people, we've got control of these people and they can do practically whatever we want them to do. And they are willing to do some crazy and extreme things. So I guess in that regard, it is a victory. For them, yeah, absolutely, man. And you, you put it a lot better than I did. You, you, you're, you were better with the words there than, than I was. I think uh, you were able to simplify it a bit better than, than, than I tried to do. Uh, at the end of the day, this is what we're dealing with. Uh, and it's a, it's a sad reality, and we're still in it. Just because Trump is gone um, doesn't stop anything, right? I mean, it actually, uh, they put the pedal to the metal now with Biden. Biden has has a clear road to do whatever it is he wants. And all he has to do is point at Donald Trump for the rationale that we don't, we don't want to do that again. So here's what we're going to do. And boom, and everybody will back him or at least uh, the people that, you know, how they divided the country like a pizza pie, the people that, um, that are blue and, uh, and on the liberal side and, uh, or believe to be on that side, whatever they're, they're going to, they're going to side with Joe Biden on whatever and Kamala Harris, you know, that's just going to be, that's just going to be the thing. And the other side is not going to, Dude, they just successfully reincorporated everybody into the left-right paradigm is what happened at the end of the day. (laughs) They just successfully brought everybody back in to this game. And I think we were separating from it, man. And that's the, maybe that was wishful thinking on my part, Greg, you tell me. But uh, I, I think I thought that we were making headway and we were beginning to see that both sides were bad and beginning to see that maybe um, the system wasn't set up for our best interest, but now everybody's fully invested, not just right, not just left. They're fully invested into the system because both the, the red and the blue, all they do is represent the system. It's two different sides of the same coin. In my opinion, yeah, there's differences. There's, there's differences that can be pointed at, but overall the agenda continues, you know? And uh, everybody's been reincorporated, in my view. Let me know if you feel differently, sir. I I largely agree with that. I have some, like, honestly, um, not, not important to the bigger conversation. Like, I don't, mm. you know, I don't, I don't think I entirely subscribe to every aspect of, like, but I agree with the, the aspects of, like, what you mentioned there in terms of, like, bringing people back in. And uh, right. I will say one area, like, where, like, um, you know, Biden and Harris, I would say, like, I don't I shudder to I shudder to think about the potential of President Harris, but like there's no cult of personality around Joe Biden. I mean, this is agreed. I agree. Well, 100. And this, yeah. and this, but but there but in terms of like where you're right about this is that like it, it did bring people back into the Democratic fold in that the 2020 election. This is where like the people who say like, well, Biden couldn't possibly have won. He couldn't have had this many votes and all this and that. Like what they don't see, what they miss is that like this this election was not a vote for J- Trump or Biden. It was a vote for or against Trump. You were voting for oh, Trump. Great. You were voting against Trump. And a lot of people, a lot of people who otherwise have a, would not like a Joe Biden, like even like serious, um, you know, progressive minded democrats uh they held their nose and i think a lot of people held their nose and voted for joe biden and, and that, that explains was things that, wow listen sorry, sorry to interrupt you there but that was you first off i made i've made this argument several times <laughs> and i get eaten alive for it people don't want to hear it even though it's the truth people don't want to hear it but but to the to the point that you just made about holding your your nose cornell west um literally said that He's like, we're going to we're going to vote for Joe Biden, holding our nose the entire way to the polls because we got to get rid of Trump. Then we'll figure out what's going on with Biden. This is exactly what he said. So it, it, it just you're absolutely 100 percent right by saying what you said. People went to the polls and voted for Joe Biden just because they wanted Trump. It had nothing to do with Joe Biden. Nothing at all. And and. Uh, to the words that you said is exactly what Cornell West had to say. Go ahead. And in that regard, yeah, I think that people were brought back into what you might call the paradigm, so to speak. And um, and where and this is like the 
and this is where I begin really balance out my concerns about like my concerns with a Biden presidency. And they're not the same concerns as I had of Trump. I don't share quite the same concerns, but you know, obviously the concerns are there. Like I see, you know, I look at Biden and Harris as the, the coming back of the same bipartisan, corrupt political power structure establishment that right. brought us Donald Trump. It's just the return of, the of old that. Guard. Maybe, right. maybe turned up, maybe turned up, maybe turned up to a different level now in this moment. But um, this is where I try to balance out my concerns with like Biden presidency with my concerns with like what we still face from like Trump. Like, no, Trump has not gone away. This whole thing that made Trump, brought his Trump is not gone away and it's going to come back. And I fear manifest itself in an even uglier more extreme fashion in the future but um this is where i balance that out because as you said like and this is the the thing that i think ultimately concerns me most with like a biden harris presidency and having the power back in the hands of this is that it does people will get behind like you know it gives you a green light to do so many a lot of things that you possibly could not have done otherwise. And I think that is a big fear. Everything from like the labeling of domestic terrorist threats to bringing in like new legislations, updated, more um, more stringent versions of the same legislations, anti-free speech legislations, attempts to really like to the that massive uh, the massive push for making largely, I think, um, certainly to say that uh, mass scale vaccines given to us by the medical establishment there's questions surrounding them that would be an understatement but everything from uh pushes for new domestic terror laws to uh to mandatory vaccinations to other aspects of what the the power the potential power i guess that could could be in the hands of people like this is um one of my biggest concerns and that's because under trump like the the situation escalated so far to where it brought people back into the fold in terms of i think um you you mentioned the green light that it gives people like a Bi- it gives a biden presidency and that is a very obviously a very serious concern and in that regard it's brought people back into the fold in that right. people will support uh, there's i don't i don't know if there's a limit to what people will support if they see it in the name of fighting trump or stopping trump so you're absolutely right in that regard and that's probably my biggest concern is the overreach that could come from like the response to um what um you know what we just went through with the trump presidency so well you know what we got to have you back and uh you know because everything we were going to talk about went completely out the window (laughs) we started rolling and we started talking and it was fantastic brother i i i really enjoyed this episode i think we um you know, we 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 uh, hit hit only the tip of the iceberg, but it, it was an important tip to expose, right? And uh, show people how we're being manipulated, and we continue to be manipulated. And you said something. You said emotion. Emotion is the main way to manipulate. It's the ultimate way, the top way. They they manipulate you via emotion. And you can't all you can't be all logic all the time. I think that's one of like that's also right. flawed. Like you can't just think with so much logic to the point. But like when you're when your ability to critically think is just completely taken away from you because of like this emotional driven reaction to this idea and this belief that you're like, you're a warrior or you're a crusader fighting literal spiritual evil, which is what was, which is what has been perpetuated to such a extreme level over the last several years. That is like, that's just a, that's just a, a bridge too far. And what we need, like if we want a real accountability, we would have people you know, people get on and explain, look, you've been lied, you've been hoodwinked. But of course, that would also mean the political establishment like would have to like basically be honest about their own crimes and all this that led to this moment. And that's not going to happen. But true accountability would be to let these people know where they've been. Mis- OK. And so but um, it's the uh, where they've been misled and where they've been lied to and how to actually like uh, reconcile with that, with the combination of like the what they know to be true. Millions of people don't get into QAnon or into because they're just completely batshit crazy. No, there's very real corruption. There's very real things that lead to that. That right. Donald Trump, very people around point. him, completely exploited. And so, there's but a reason there is yeah, a reason, so right? <laughs> real accountability would be right. actually like 
would be maybe being honest and taking a look in the mirror if you actually want to save the country and actually want to save our system and not continue to destroy it yourselves for your own gain would be to look in the mirror and acknowledge, look, we've done things wrong. But, you know, I, don't, I mean, this is a pipe dream. It's not going to happen. But this would be the actual accountability instead of labeling 100 million people who happen to support Donald Trump for whatever reason, um, it's domestic terrorists um, and want, putting that label on them and further further radicalizing people by having that label put on them um you know there's easy there's ways to have actual accountability and actual truth and honesty that um that could potentially this is the only way really through true actual truth through actual justice through actual accountability that you're going to offset and actually counter this emotional frenzy that tens of millions of americans have been whipped into and people around the world into believing that they're fighting literal spiritual demonic evil within their midst and that's not going to happen without true without real efforts for truth and justice and accountability Absolutely fantastic, sir. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. There is a reason why people believe what they believe. You know, I, I was, I don't want to say fully, fully invested, but I, I was definitely uh, leaning towards the whole Pizzagate thing, man, until, until I started figuring out that I was being worked, you know, but, uh, but I was there and there was a reason for it because some of the stuff, you know, once, once you're led to believe that uh, they're the, the epitome of evil, there's no limit to what you think they can do. It's a very good point. Greg McCarran from The Antidote. Hey, thank you for coming on The Infinite Fringe. We appreciated it, man. It was really fun. I had a good time listening to you break this down. Very, very smart podcast. Everybody, go take a look over there on YouTube. You can find it. The Antidote. Are you guys anywhere else? Tell us where we can we find you We are on, um, we have a Patreon page patreon.com slash the antidote if you feel like if you want to uh, come and uh, drop us a couple pennies a month if you know, people can do that if they want to i mean we uh we put higher quality versions of our um audio versions of our programs that we put onto youtube onto patreon and i um, in the future if we can grow an audience we're looking to do some more um more exclusive uh programs to put on like this kind of stuff you don't necessarily want to be like right out there for like the right. youtube sensors and all that so yeah, you can find us on right now youtube and uh, patreon or where you can find us at and to add on to your last point and this will be the last thing i say is that if uh, if people can get you to believe anything that anything's possible then they can also get you to pretty much do anything in response to that so absolutely as man. the sixth show that was the point you were making with the sixth i think so right no absolutely that's exactly the point i was making you just made it better than i did my name is <laughs> my name is Billy Ray. Thank Valentine. you very much. Hey man, no, hang, hang on, don't hang up real quick. Uh, my name is Billy Ray Valentine, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into the Infinite Fringe. Thank you for everything you've done uh, in helping me get to uh, to a million downloads. I really appreciate it, guys. Aftermath.fm. What's going on? You know, and and everybody else. All right, take it easy. Don't burn the place down while I'm gone. All right. Bye bye.